Can you hear it with your ears? Can you see it with your eyes? Can you feel it wiggling between your quivering thighs? That thing, that thing, that thing with James. Once every millennium something will come along. When you feel it you will know it cause it's coming on strong. That thing, that thing, that thing. Sit back, relax, deep breaths, no stress, let me come inside your mind. I promise you it won't take long, the change will happen soon, you will feel something so special growing deep within you, that thing. Welcome to episode, I, I think it's 15, of That Thing with James J. Asher II. That's me! Yay! Can you guess what, uh, uh, what this episode is? Yes, it's a special episode, like every other episode. But this one's even more special than the other special ones, because I have a return guest. Bennett Cravens! Oh, thank you for that. Marvelous introduction, James. Oh, thank you for coming. Of course, it's wonderful to be back. Yes. It's been too long. It has been quite a while. Mm-hmm. So well, We made it back. We made it back. Here we are. So, what's new with you? What have you been up to? So, things have kind of been changing for me a little bit. Uh, I have a new job. Kind of a gig right now, I guess you'd call it. It's not permanent, but... I'm going around and recording audio for this company that's turning these interviews into kind of a podcast. They're not really sure if it's going to be a podcast, but initially they're turning them to transcripts. They're using those transcripts to write this brief, and then they want to have audio. To prove that it happened. Right. They want to have like these, because they're not going to use the whole transcript in the brief. So they're like, if you want to hear more, or if you're curious, then you can go listen to our audio so like what's the um what is the uh goal for this company what's their mission so they have a government grant to investigate this company called circles Mm -hmm. which is across the country and in parts of canada and basically they want to figure out if it's something that should be Implemented further or useful or what it's actually doing for the people. So it's a, it's, it's a Fed program that they're kind of testing out? So it's it got its start with some government funding. Uh-huh. I'm going to have a cut so I don't have a phone ringing the whole time I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Shut this bad boy down. Boom. Um, so yeah, it's a it's got its start with some government funding Mm -hmm. and that's how it kind of got cycled up but now for the most part it is completely self self self-sufficient and run by donations and volunteers and it's self-sustaining itself so it's a it's a private thing but it's working on uh, government funding right now it's the government looking into 
how they should get involved or if they should get involved. I see. Or and, we get involved. <laughs> and it's to like, uh, it's to help. It's to help uh, uh, families and people in poverty. Help families so, and people in poverty. Yeah, it's to help them get out of poverty and then to stay out of poverty by using things that everyday people use. It's like whenever you have to go to work and your kid needs to be picked up, you mm-hmm. call a friend. Well, what happens a lot to people in poverty is they become more and more reclusive and less trusting of everybody. And, oh, yeah. And they stop being able to trust anybody. Yeah. So when their kid needs to be picked up, they go pick up their kid because that... They don't trust anyone that else. That has to, to be up. done. And then they right. lose a job and then they're back in poverty. Or uh, one of the main things that they talk about and they call it the cliff effect is people who get up to a certain point of work mm-hmm. and have so many benefits that if they were to make 30 cents more at their job, they would lose every benefit that they have. That's so fucked up. And man. 30 cents, that extra 30 <coughs> cents isn't going to replace childcare. It's not going to replace the housing. It's not going to replace the food stamps and everything else that you're on so it's like a lot of people are saying no to raises because they can't because it would ultimately be a loss because they would lose everything that they are dependent on i was at whole foods uh two days ago yeah two days ago and i overheard one of the employees talking about how she is not allowed to get 40 hours. Mm -hmm. They won't let her get any more than 30 hours. Mm -hmm. So that way she can't get benefits, any kind of benefits. Um, and certainly no overtime. And, and part of the deal is like, she, she can't get any more than 30 hours a week, but she's also not being paid enough to afford, um, her living expenses. Right. Right now. Right. And dude, I've been fucking, so I, 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 I've gone to Whole Foods before they were bought out by Amazon and I've gone to Whole Foods after they were bought out by Amazon. Mm-hmm. Before the buyout, the employees always had light in their eyes. They're always alive and present <laughs> and happy. I mean, they got good benefits. They were taken care of and they just seemed to really enjoy their jobs. Mm-hmm. Like every time. You know, compared to going to fucking H-E-B where it's like zombie land. Right. You know, everyone's just like, get me out of here. Don't talk to me about where anything is. Yeah. No. Yeah. But Whole Foods was just like, the people were really happy Mm. um, and healthy. Right. Now, after the buyout, every time I go, which is maybe like once every three months or so, Mm. they just seem more and more depressed. Like, they're just less happy because, um, I don't know, the nature of their business has completely changed, mm-hmm. you know? So that's Their sounds, day-to-day life, yeah. Yeah. That they're forced to work with. So, I, I don't know what that, I, I don't know what kind of point I was trying to get at, but so that's, it, that's what you were talking about made me think of that. Yeah, so that's more right. of like a, a company doing its best to maintain its costs. Right, right. So that they don't. That they don't spend overtime and give money to benefits and all that. This is more like people who work 15 hours at this place every week mm-hmm. and then don't work anywhere else so that they can have their benefits. And then, or the people who work two jobs, like 15 and 15 apiece, mm-hmm. who still aren't full time, who still get benefits, that 
when boss man comes around and says, hey, it's time for you to move up to management, it's like, no. Like, like, why can't we get anybody to take this job? It's more money. It's better hours. You're doing less manual labor. It's like every one of this, these people would lose their child care. So what, and, I guess what I want to know is like, what, what's their industry? What are they doing? I mean, it's everybody. So it's people all over doing everything. So any kind of like different office work, office factory, work, yeah. a lot of like, um, a lot of, uh, nurse assistants, like mm. nurse adjacents, mm. like, uh, medical techs and screening technicians and all the technicians that work around nurses. Right. Surprisingly common. Really? Yes. And you would think that that would be a pretty secure job. Yeah, this is, the problem is that those screenings aren't always in high demand. So, like, right. they'll schedule one for Wednesday. Hey, you got a job on Wednesday. Right. And then we'll schedule one again in three weeks. And then they have to do the balancing act of, like, well, I'm not making enough money to survive from this field, which I'm interested in pursuing. Right. Um, however, if I were to get another job, I would be sacrificing the flexibility I would need mm -hmm. to pursue this job that I, mm -hmm. I want to do. Right. Right. Absolutely. And so this company is trying to find ways to help alleviate, um, those people's. So it's giving them a chance to rise above these little pitfalls that everybody seems to fall through when they get into poverty. In, in what way? Like, what, so one what of the, are they doing? One of the first things they do is they take them through a 12-week program. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's all about how to manage your money, manage your time, manage your life, in right. essence. And then after that 12 weeks, you're paired up with somebody, you know, probably upper middle class. I just got really hot. Okay. We're back after a little technical difficulty, <laughs> but, you know, we, we survived. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we were uh, talking about how the company you're working for helps people who are in need and they're teaching them. So this was, I was working for a company contracted by the government to investigate a third company. Oh, a third company. So we're investigating this group okay. circles. It's a, they call it an initiative. It's like a program. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we were talking with, uh, people who had been involved in the program, people who were, uh, the support system within the program and then the people who actually worked in the program. Okay. And how all those three things come, all those things combined help to bring people out of poverty. So is this like, um, like an audit kind of investigation or are they just trying to find ways to, uh, optimize the effectiveness of the program of the company? Yeah. It's kind of like an audit. It's basically like, how have you been successful? What are the things that make you successful? How can we implement success elsewhere? Okay. So oh, it's okay. like all these people who are generationally in poverty, mm -hmm. which is the case for a lot of them. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah. Never thought I'd go into a grocery store and pay cash for groceries kind of stuff. Right. To where it's getting them off government dollars completely. Right. To where right. they are self-sustained and self-sufficient people. Right, right. Um, and where I was going with that was a super cool, super great point. <laughs> uh, what comes to mind for me is uh, when I was on 
food stamps for mm. a brief like three months i think and uh part of the deal with that was i i didn't have a job when i was signing up with them but i was like i had zero i had no money right um and we were living together uh-huh. i just moved in um <clears throat> and uh so I, I got on food stamps but part of the thing was in order for me to keep the food stamps, I would need to get a uh, a job that employed me for at least 30 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would stay on, once I got that, if I was unable to get that within a couple weeks, and thank you so much <laughs> for helping me get that job. No problem. Um, you saved my ass. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um it was at uh, Alamo Draft House, the Ritz, mm-hmm. downtown Sixth Street, Dirty Six. Oh, so dirty! Dirty Six, Ooh, so dirty, dirty, dude. <laughs> uh, I was out there on four nineteen bicycle day. Right? Okay. Uh, went down. Um, my agent invited me to go see this like um, reggae show at Flamingo Cantina. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so afterwards, I left because I had to go to a fitting for a for a gig I had the next week last week mm-hmm. um and so i left early because I, I had to go to this fitting like at like 10 in the morning and i, I didn't want to go in there just dragging ass i didn't even i i didn't i had like i had one rum and coke that's it out of the whole evening and the rest was just water mm-hmm. and uh, when i was walking back i was at i forget the cross street but it was on dirty sixth and it was just on the edge where um for people who don't know on like I don't know if they do it on Thursdays, but definitely Fridays and Saturdays. Mm-hmm. They um, block off 6th Street, so it's purely pedestrian. Um, and so it, it gets pretty crowded. And then I was kind of getting past the crowd on my way west towards Congress. Um, I, I just wanted to get somewhere a little bit less trafficy, so I, it'd be easier get to out of the catch a lift home. Yeah. Um, Right at the edge of all the the cacophony of people were uh, a, a man and a woman with both of them had giant boa constrictors on them. And they were just, they had like a crowd of people standing around. Not a huge crowd, like, you know, six people standing around Enough. just looking at the boas and petting them and stuff. And I was like, whoa. And I'm fucking, I'm phobic of snakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I weren't, but I am. Um, but I wasn't afraid. I, I was walking by because they, these they, people are okay. These people are okay. okay. Right. And, and the thing with boas is like, they don't like whoosh, and bite. That's part of my fear is like the fast movement and the, whoosh, no the way bite. to stop it. Right. Right. Boas are a little more slow and they take their time and I'm, I'm like that. So I'm like, I vibe with you snakes. And, I can deal with that, yeah. Right, I can deal with that. You're fucking chill. You can't you know? crush me. You can't... Yeah. <laughs> I'm quicker than you. I think. I don't know how fast those fuck. I bet they, they can go they, fast. They have a lot of muscle. They do. They got so much they muscle. They can coil around you so quick. Oh, fuck. Well, I was walking and I was like, oh, whoa. And I look over to my left and there's a couple pedicabbers sitting there. And one's on their phone. Uh, this chick was on her phone. And then this dude was on his pedicab just gaping at the snakes. He was just like... <laughs> Like he did, I don't think he blinked at all. And I, and I looked at him. I was like, I know. I just mouthed like, I know, right? right? It's fucking crazy. And he didn't even see me. He was just like, oh. he was making sure he wasn't about to get coiled up. <laughs> yeah. 
He was like, he, he was in awe and fear. Right. It, it was like, <laughs> eyes on that prize oh. of not dying. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, I, what the fuck were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about my job. Your job. <laughs> and then we got on Snakes. Snakes. Let's let's talk about this album. Okay. You got an album out. Yes, I do. Released yesterday. Let me hear about it. I, I, I Is it the songs? So you sent me songs mm-hmm. a few months ago to mm-hmm. listen to, and those were... You, those weren't finals yet. Those were the finals. Those yeah. were the finals. Most of the, one or two might have changed since then. But okay. For the most part, that was all finals, yeah. And they were really fucking good. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Was that the album in its entirety that you sent I me? I believe you got all nine tracks, yeah. Yeah, it was a full nine tracks, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I believe that was... It wasn't... An, I think it was just an alphabetical on the Dropbox I sent everybody, so it didn't have the order, but... Right. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it in its entirety. Um... Started writing songs three or four years ago, uh-huh. like really, really writing full songs, you know, with music and lyrics and everything. <laughs> what? So what was going through your head at the time that you actually like said, I'm going to commit to uh, making these songs, like completing them and possibly doing something with them? A lot of it was just a lot of unfinished business that I have. What do you mean? Just like getting to the one yard line and then not punching my artistic creative endeavors into the end zone, releasing them to the world, Mm -hmm. getting to that point of showing my stuff off. It it only ever stayed with me. Unfinished business as in like unfinished songs or unfinished business like emotionally? Unfinished projects, films, songs, paintings. You you had a lot of yeah. like half completed things yeah, like that... uh, like I said uh, the ninety the one yard line like some of it just needed to be released and it right and right and it I just never did it with that stuff. Any particular reason why you didn't do that? Fear of failure and judgment and yeah. all that good stuff that comes with trying to create something and saying hey does anybody want to look at this? Right right. Yeah. And then, uh, so then you, a few months ago, you, or a a few years ago, rather, Mm -hmm. you said, I'm actually going to, you know, fuck all that. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to push through. I'm going to push through the fear. Yes. I, I've always been hyper obsessed with music. Just like, it's always in my ears. It's always going. And moving here, I got into a wave of music that I never really paid much attention to. Like I heard and it was fine, but now acoustic singer songwriter stuff was just the greatest thing in the world to me. It's Iron like, and wine kind just of stuff. Strip everything else out. You don't need drums. You don't need a bass. Your yeah. guitar plugs in. Pfft, forget right. about it. <laughs> right. Right. Give me right. somebody singing something that's real to them or maybe to somebody else or a group of people, what have you. Yeah. Give me them singing about something that I'm, I'm in. Oh yeah, pretty much. And so, I really started getting into the folk and the uh, alternative, I guess. But folk and singer songwriter, blues and stuff. And so I was just like, okay, yeah, that's where my songwriting writing started going. And then I had a handful of songs. I said, okay, mm-hmm. you know, I have some background in sound. I have some knowledge of mics and 
recording and then I had good friends who had worked as sound engineers and sound guys on films and stuff so I had their knowledge to pick from and friends with gear who were kind enough to let me borrow it and things just kind of started coming together even more it's like okay I can I can do this yeah I, I need to do this I'm gonna I'm gonna see it through and so I mean there were months at a time where I'd just be like wow this is garbage this is garbage music and nobody wants this right. <laughs> and then I don't work on it for two months and then a hard two months of like okay now I'm gonna re-record everything so now I'm gonna go back to the original recordings and it's just a whole bunch of wishy-washiness. Was that what it was like, the wishy-washiness? Was that what it was like over the few, three or four years where you said, okay, I need to, uh, I, I want, I have this desire to commit to it. Mm -hmm. Between that point where you make that decision to the point where you actually release the album, um, a lot of it, do you think it took so long because of the wishy-washiness? Yes, and it also came with, writing more songs it right. got to the it was it started out it was like i'll do my handful and then a handful of covers and that'll be the thing right and then i did a bunch of covers and nothing ever felt right nothing ever felt like it meshed in with my work well enough that i was like want to present it as a work as a whole is like yeah that's fine but it doesn't really show what i want to show here yeah which is my work and so more songs kept coming and more songs kept coming it's like okay now i've got to now I've actually got an album's worth. And there is one cover on there of a Patsy Cline song that my friend Neve sung, sang. Nice. And she has a, an amazing voice. Yeah. I, I like, I'm like, I try so hard to just like, hey, come sing for me again. When are we going to make this happen again? <laughs> um, but yeah, like, follow her on Instagram, Space Cadet. Uh, she sings all the time for the stories and everything. I'm just like, oh my God. Keep going, please. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so she came and sang with me. So that's the one cover on there. Everything else is one of my own originals. Writ wrote, written, <laughs> written over the course of some months. Some took about a year. Some fell out of my ass mm -hmm. <laughs> one time or another. And yeah, yeah. And now they're here in a collection and they're, they're ready for anybody who wants them. It's interesting how I... I, I lately i've been thinking about i say lately but it's often i think about um the difference between the desire to uh express to make a creative thing like i desire to do this i i've got most of it say you've got like a complete song but something holds you back from putting it out there and that's mm -hmm. because it the thing has to write itself. It has to mature on its own, kind of like a wine or mm -hmm. a pickle, you know? Um, I don't know. I think it's just interesting. Like, um, it, it's it's difficult is what I think I'm trying to say is it's difficult to Absolutely. say, like, I I can hear this. I like I can see the final product and I, I want this thing. I want it out at this certain time. Oh my God. Yeah. I set so many dates. Right. And then, and, when. and yeah, and the date just flies by because the, the, uh, the product itself is still, it's not mature enough. Mm -hmm. Right. The work's not done. Yeah. That's, it's yeah. kind of tough to have to deal with that. And isn't you it? set these lofty goals of where it should be, how, where it sh how wonderful be. and game changing it should be. And yeah, 
you know it's it's one in a million to actually do that so yeah a lot of people you know put out some bad stuff first who did make revolutionary one in a million things bob dylan some things came out first bob (laughs) dylan's got a lot of shit music man (laughs) something has to come out you know and that's yeah that's the whole thing it's like something has to come out and then you have to give it to people to listen to so that's what i'm really trying to do especially with the with the website you know Web, website tell me about the website uh bennettcravens.com uh it's a wix it's a nice. wix feature nice so i've got my subscription over there um and they make it super easy you know everything you need set it all up these blocks go here fill these tiles create what goes where and then hit the publish button and it's so the, is the website uh for you as a musical entity or is it solely for the album and the album is self-titled like self-titled after yes, you right yes. Bennett Cravens Bennett Cravens right right uh classic first album move is to have the self-titled mm-hmm. um so it will be devoted to mostly probably music and, okay. the, and other projects but, but not come. just this album right no okay. any any subsequent music that I create will, will right. go straight here might as well you already built the fucking website absolutely yeah <laughs> and so the two or th- two songs that I've written since I finalized what was going on that album will work their way on there. I'm sure as singles or an EP or what have you, if I can get to that point. Oh yeah. So yeah, that'll be the focus for all. So so, uh, what's, I want to check and see if the camera's recording. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. (laughs) Let's see what time we're at with this thing. Oh, thank God it is recording. Good. (laughs) Uh, okay, so Sky's the Limit, <clears throat> as far as music is concerned, what, like, what would, what do you want from the music? Sky's the Limit, Daydream, like, what's, what's your fantasy for, for music and you? Honestly, I would like to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. playing music live or just selling albums online that's something i've asked myself quite a bit and i think it's a combination of both yeah like if one hand kind of feeds the other right that would be ideal right um but yeah i mean that's that's honestly where my goals and aspirations for it and it's like just if, if i could bills. pay the bills even if it's playing one bar every night of the week for the rest of my life, I'd be, I'd be pretty fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's empty or not, you know, it's like... It's fulfilling. It's it's like a, a calling, you know? It's like, I could sit in the same bar and play my songs. It's, people are interested. I, if people want me to play songs, I'd have a hard time saying no to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's... But, you know, and then... If there ever was a chance to go up and above and beyond that i'd certainly give it a shot and wouldn't say no to it yeah right if 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 someone uh you know say uh not woody guthrie he's dead yeah um nelson willie nelson willie willie nelson say willie wants you to come and uh i don't play a song or two at a festival Mm -hmm. what would you say 
I, I don't think you're allowed to say no to Willie Nelson. <laughs> right? If you play an acoustic guitar, ever. <laughs> <laughs> or if he's handing you a joint. Right, yeah. It just doesn't work. I, I think the only person who got away with saying no to him about a joint was Woody Harrelson. Because he quit? Yeah, there's that funny yeah. story. <laughs> I, I don't know the story. Yeah, he's, he's uh, sorry, Willie, I'm, I'm not smoking anymore. just gave him that look um so yeah definitely i actually one of my songs on this album i released uh i wouldn't call it a subtitle but it has the parentheses after it says for willie nelson Mm. uh i was listening to um redheaded stranger for the 300th time that day and i was like god this is incredible amazing songwriting and then um, I found out he released the video and song Old Timer. So I just listened to Redhead Stranger a thousand times. And then Old Timer comes out. And my head is like reeling and spinning with a life that this guy had. Mm-hmm. And so this song kind of came together about time, I'd say, is its main feature. And... The whole time I was like, man, this is, this is a Willie song. If Willie did this song, people would love it. <laughs> and it's like, it's a little bit hard for me to do just because it's outside of my style a little bit. I'm trying to almost do somebody else's, but right. I, it's, and it's way before my time. Like mm. it's, it's about being 90. Right. Right. So, which is something I feel like I can understand, but I'll never get until I get there. Of course. So it, it takes it, a dude, lot. It's it's possible, man. Uh, old man. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's something I find myself thinking about often. Time and life and the winding road and all that good stuff. And mm-hmm. so it, it just, it's felt like a Willie Nelson song to me ever since I started playing it and I wrote it. So I just put the little tagline in there for Willie Nelson. Hopefully somebody is like, oh, we'll send it to him one day. Right. <laughs> and hopefully he doesn't get mad about mad, mad at me about it, because that would be devastating. I, I, I doubt <laughs> he would get mad that you, you know, there's, uh, there's, dedicate a song I, to There's him. kind of, a, I don't even know, I wouldn't say it's a joke, but one of the lines uh, <laughs> is about debts being paid and being in debt, <laughs> which oh, yeah. was kind of a thing for him uh, oh, yeah. at one point in his life. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully that isn't like a sore wound that I attack. Or, and I'm not saying like, oh man, look how old he is. That's not, <laughs> that's not the purpose. It's hopefully people understand and realize the, what the song is saying about age and what it does to everybody. Mm-hmm. And now he's, he's living it. And I haven't gotten to see him live yet. So I'm just like, God, I need to make that happen. What does age do to everybody? I mean, physically, it's pretty obvious. Breakdown, mm-hmm. weathering, wrinkles, mm-hmm. liver spots, hair loss, hair gain, hair graying. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I've already got those. I'm only yeah. 31. You're losing height, losing weight, gaining weight. Yeah. Having a harder time maintaining, doing those little things that you used to do. And then mentally, can absolutely ravish people absolutely oh, yeah. take people out yeah nobody gets out alive no man but yeah I don't think I don't think it's 
easily misinterpreted. But I think somebody can make the case. <laughs> and misinterpreted how? That I'm making fun. That you're making fun of him? Mm-hmm. And calling him a or that I'm rickety, just like, or that demented I'm just, old man? Yeah, or that I'm just disavowing old age in mm. general. That's not worthwhile. That's not what I was going for. You can't really prejudge work, though, because you don't know what yeah. people are going to think. And Absolutely. if they and if they do mistake it, you know what your intention was. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't you know. I can't make somebody have my intention. I can't right. make somebody have my understanding of a song. That's the beauty of a song is everybody's going to pull and glean on different parts and resonate with this and not that. And thank God, because <laughs> there's got to be some inroad. Mm-hmm. To make somebody a fan. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can... I get that. I get that thought. Mm-hmm. Now I get to think about it. Expand on it, maybe, if I so choose. Or disregard that thought for this thought. Oh, that's a pretty line. Mm-hmm. That's pretty picking. Whatever. So, how? what's your songwriting process like? It varies. Um, but most of the time, it's constantly cycling in my brain words just phrases phrases turning those words into phrases phrases into Mm. rhymes or jokes or some kind of themes yeah themes some take some point of view on something and then those usually go into the notebook and then more similar phrases as I go along will work their way into the notebook. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I can put these together. I can put these together. So at one point I had this song that I had most of the lines jotted down on post-it notes mm-hmm. at work. And so I just had all these different phrases. And I just started sticking them up on the wall and rearranging them. I was like, it felt like a freaking serial killer. <laughs> like, here's my <laughs> blood trail of my work. <laughs> Honestly, that makes me think of uh, the cut-up method. Are you, you know about the cut-up yeah, method? Yeah, you write William... something and then... Right, William Burroughs. For those of you who don't know, cut-up method was developed by William Burroughs. I'm sure he got... S. Burroughs, correct. William S. Burroughs. And I'm sure he probably got the idea from someone else. Um, but you, you write a, a thing, just like a passage, or like you can do a page, or just lines or whatever. But the the simple idea is you write a page and then you literally take some scissors and cut it up. Mm-hmm. You cut it up into different shapes, different lines at random. You don't worry about the cutting out a complete sentence or anything. You just cut the fucker up and then you put the the strip pieces in a hat and you mix it all up and then you take it out and put it together and you have some new complete work that you created, but you also didn't create. Mm. You're discovering a new work. And you can also do the same thing with like newspapers and shit like that. Sure, yeah. Lots of different routes to take to get to that. And he had some theories that that was, that the cut-up method was a way to get to pure um, subconscious, pure unconscious mm. thought, unconscious writing. Yeah. And also Unscramble like your mind back. Right, right. And then, you know, fucking channeling into the fourth dimension or whatever. Dude had some uh, pretty had some out thoughts. there ideas. Yeah. 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 
Um, so yeah, that, that happens on some, some, you know, just like, as I said, come, come out clean. Yeah. Just the one thought leads to another, leads to a chorus, leads to another verse. Those are rare. I think I got two like that. (laughs) A verse, chorus, verse. Uh, I mean, that just kind of fell. fell Came out, out, came out completely. Didn't, didn't take toiling, didn't take scratching out lines, didn't take three different notebooks to have it. <laughs> put together in a, in a final form so yeah it, it's it's a constant wheel turning in my mind like mm-hmm. oh that's a fun word oh that's a cool phrase okay how let's follow the alliteration let's follow the assonance and the consonants and try to make it clever try to make it a a funny thing try to make it a twist of words try to make it a play on words try to make it do you start with things. lyrics and then follow with uh, the music or that varies as well um sometimes music comes first sometimes lyrics comes first sometimes mm. i have lyrics for a long time and no melody and then sometimes yeah. i have a melody for so long and no lyrics that stick with it some will all improv some on top sometimes just nothing sticks so it goes both ways i, I wouldn't say i have like a I get up at eight, right. right till noon, right. then melodies till three. God, it would be great if I did. I feel like I'd get so much done. Honestly, I don't think you would. Some people just yeah. aren't built for that kind of uh, structure. Yeah. I think it's something that's always going. Like It's yeah. in the back of my mind. Just yeah. That hamster's on that wheel. It's like, okay, these are cool things. These are cool things. Okay, let's keep going with these. Let's keep... Okay, this is a good idea. Well, forget that one. Let's go over here and drink this water thing real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of drinking water, I, I need to take a break for some water. You want to take a quick break? Water break it is. Water break. And it is recording. I, I, sometimes I forget, like I get in the moment and then I'm like, oh shit, is it recording? <laughs> it's like when, oh shit, did I leave the oven on? Oh shit, did I lock my car? Yeah. The first day that I was recording for that job, like the very first one I went to, it was like, it's checked the recorder 1,600 times. Like, it has to be recording, right? It absolutely <laughs> right. has to be recording. Because <laughs> then it's like, oh my fucking God, we can't wind back time and yeah. capture this. We can't fly back out to New Mexico. So we were just talking about, um, I told you I did an open mic, and then mm-hmm. I dropped the line. I'm trying to do whatever I can to not have to have a, a day job. Absolutely. You know, and I feel like you're on that track as well. I am trying to make that work as best I can as well. And you mentioned how there are bands who now it's like they're, they're totally self-sufficient, like online, Mm -hmm. like they're not necessarily signed on with a label or Mm -hmm. touring or anything. They're just, they're able to pay their bills and everything just on like Patreon put, and everything. And put money back into their music as well. Right, 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 right. Just by having a Patreon following that isn't, you know, 16, 160,000 Twitter followers. It's like right. 150 fans. Right. Like, we like you so much and we want you to keep making stuff. So here's the $5 a month. Right, right. And that adds up so quick. Oh, yeah. Adds up so quick that it changes people's lives do you do you have a patreon set up i do not 
I do not. I need to, uh, that's going to be the next step. It's uh, real easy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I need to get on it before <laughs> anything changes with that. Right. Um, so yeah, that's going to be one of my next steps. Um, I have a name your price tool on my website for the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can go anywhere from free to. Radiohead did that with, uh, in rainbows. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, they have a, I have an option there. And there's also a donate button on my page. So it's kind of Patreon-like without being Patreon because Mm -hmm. there is so much that you have to promise with that Patreon subscription. Like you have to set your standard. Like you'll get content X times a month and you'll Mm -hmm. also get this bonus X times a month because you're here. See, I don't have any extra content right now. Mine's Mm -hmm. just like uh, a hat. You know, it's just a hat on the sidewalk, like a busking hat. Like you know, right now it's just like if you yeah. wanna, if you wanna donate to create more and better content, all you mm-hmm. have to do is go to Patreon.com/slash that thing with James and say, "Hey, there's a quarter for you, kid." So it's like a donate button, more of a subscribe pledge. You can do both. So it's a it's a monthly thing. Yeah, but I thought I heard you, you say it though podcast before about right it's a monthly thing and, and you can set up different tiers it can be anywhere from one dollar to like thirty five thousand. Mm. so i've got the whole fucking thing i so you got I, a couple of those a uh, dude i've got several tiers thirty five thousands dude I, I i went to the max if anyone Hell wants yeah. to fucking pay off oh, my car saying, i have a couple thirty five thousand subscribers oh no no, like, no no so no. you're fine no no no, no. <laughs> dude that would dude the fucking <laughs> Be talking about a new setup. <laughs> yeah. No, you can set up like different tiers for like a one dollar, five dollar, whatever. Gotcha. So it can be a monthly basis, or it can be um, you can set it up so that it's charged anytime you put out uh, publish new content. Right. Yeah. So either or. Which always like either one. It's just nerve wracking. It's like now I have a deadline with this. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I. I like it um, because uh, I I do one episode a week in that commitment. Um, I've got one subscriber who also very kindly uh, donated this, bought me this microphone right here. Very nice. And it was like, um, I I can't fucking, I can't do the the scared thing. I can't say, uh, oh, uh, you know, the, the... the fear hesitation of, mm-hmm. you know, creating content or any, any kind of art or anything. It's like, no, it would be a fucking insult if I didn't make shit. Right. Because I've got this, mm-hmm. you know, the stakes have been raised. And you got somebody else who's and backing behind you. Someone backing me. Thank you, Josh. Thank <laughs> you. Um, and so... I like it because it's pushing me and it's not always, not every, I'm not like uh, stoked about every episode. I'm not super happy with every episode, right. but I'm putting something out all the time. Absolutely. And just the um, consistency of having yeah. to it's huge. do that. Um, it, it's pushing me more toward um, just sort of organizing my life and setting goals and like actively pursuing those goals and finding ways to uh achieve those goals mm-hmm. um just because it's such a regular thing yeah um kind of losing my 
train of thought here. No, I, I, I follow you. It's like if I was able to do a video for a song every week. Every week, I'd yeah. Be, I'd do it, but... It wouldn't be great all the time, but it, it, would, just, it wouldn't be conducive to time. It's a, it's a muscle. Yeah. You're exercising that muscle. So you do get better at it mm. over time. Sure. Um, and it becomes yeah, I easier. think especially for podcast people, expect that consistency. Oh, yeah. Like, especially once you become a podcast follower. It's like, it's Wednesday and my shows are not up. Um, right. Do I need to bust out the laptop and <laughs> I, uh, send a little message here? What's going on? <laughs> I'm, I'm still a little inconsistent with the days. Like I, yeah, I usually, I usually put it out like fresh, yeah. Sunday afternoon to evening, just so that it's available on Monday. Mm. I, I would just put it out Monday morning, but it takes like a couple, two or two to three hours work to, especially. Uh, it's mostly the YouTube videos because they take an hour plus to upload the video because they're an hour long. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I've got the I've got my day job and I've got other things I'm trying to do. So it's like a Mondays. Life. I've got a life. So Monday's <laughs> fucking busy. So mm-hmm. I mean, if I had just those like few hours from the day job, just like wake up and upload that shit on Monday, I would do that. Mm-hmm. But so I've been doing like late Sunday, sometimes on a Saturday, if you know I'm going to be busy the next day, sure. or Friday. I think I have like one episode that I uploaded on Friday. Yeah, um, I don't think anybody minds an early episode. Right. It's when it's a week late. When it's late, yeah. And especially starting out, you know, you have more forgiveness. But like the people yeah, who I've, are doing like I've got podcasts like since 2012, fif- I have like 15 subscribers on YouTube and. Start man. Maybe there's people who've been doing on, it since like audio. 2012 that oh, yeah. are now like, oh my podcast is huge. When yeah. they miss a week, they hear about. It. I well, I mean that's I mean that's their fucking job. <laughs> yeah. That's their job. They're Absolutely. not doing their job. job Everybody job. gets a Get sick day, right? Yeah. Everybody gets a sick day, especially when you're using your voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, yeah. How bad do you want this? Because I don't. Know. <laughs> I got a show for you today. I actually, Sling Blade podcast. <laughs> the last time. <laughs> Welcome to that thing. <laughs> French fried potatoes. <laughs> the last time you were here, I was only uploading this shit to, um, to YouTube and I kept telling the camera and the microphone uh like i'll get this up on audio someday i finally have it up on audio oh nice so it's on it's on itunes spotify google play and stitcher nice yeah and tune in the big ones yeah absolutely how hard was that super easy i've got a host uh called pinecast i pay Mm -hmm. them five bucks a month and um they don't take any rights or royalties no good (laughs) Um, and all I have to do is like upload it to them and their RSS feed. Like, uh, I just upload the audio file and type out the, the name and the description and, uh, and then click publish and their RSS feed just automatically goes out to all the people that I'm set up with. Great. Now I did have to, um, some websites are a little bit more stringent about, uh, if they're going to host or, or you know blast your podcast out there mm. like itunes it took a couple weeks to get approval but i did ultimately get approval from itunes so i'm on what there. would they not approve 
Um, There's some maybe buck just wild like stuff out there. Really poor, yeah, some buck wild. <laughs> just like maybe really poor quality sound content or just really um, mean, offensive, right. like cruel shit. Yeah. Because so, some people have been kicked off oh, sure. for being just yeah. entirely misogynistic. Once those, once those letter writing campaigns start, mm-hmm. things change. Yeah. <laughs> Email letters now, I guess. Yeah. A letter is... <laughs> Dude, they don't even teach kids how to write in cursive anymore. You know they don't teach the alphabet the same anymore? How do they do it? They don't say A, B, C. They say A, B, C, or K. Yeah. Are you fucking serious, yeah, dude? Yeah, buddy. You teach them the sound, not the letter. It's all phonetic? It's all phonetic. I wonder why. Is it better? A, B, that's, that's how you say the ABCs in Spanish, yeah, I think it's, it gets back closer to Spanish, but it's like, yeah. whenever you look at an A, how often do you say A in a word? I, I say it. Sure, I mean, they're out there, but more often than not, it's ah. that's oh yeah, That's a car. A uh, car. Oh, shit. So they're teaching phonetic alphabet. A, B, C, D, E, F, J, N, A, J, K, M, N, O, P. What? A, C, J, E. H-J-E? H-J-E. Oh. J is. Uh, jefe. J. Jefe. 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 Jota. Jota. H. H. E. 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 No. A, B, C, D, E. 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 E is E. Yeah. I can't remember J. Oh, man. Senora Harding, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I is E. Senorita. Senorita, yeah. I can't remember J forever. Are we doing Spanish or are we doing the new one? Because I don't even know anymore. Is there a difference? I wouldn't know. I wasn't taught it. I, don't know. <laughs> I, dude, I did not. I, I learned more Spanish in the one semester of French that I took in undergrad mm-hmm. than I did in the two years of Spanish I took in high school. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that all the Spanish you had to take? Yeah. Throughout your elementary, middle school? Um, I think it was maybe high school, junior high or high school. Just the two times, the two classes. Yeah, dude, you fall as tiny. Damn, man. I had <laughs> Spanish every year of my life. In really? Every year. Yeah, no, no. Every year. Except for in high school when I took one year off because I didn't take Spanish four. Oh, yeah. So like, why? Wait, you took a year off of high school? No, one year off Spanish. Oh. It was like oh. one year that I didn't have a Spanish class in school. Did you do any uh, concurrent enrollment when no. you were in high school? My sister did that. And... Mm. Um, she didn't go a lot. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. She started off good, and then I think she took some time off. Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't think it ended well with all that. So it's just like, mm. that's a bummer. I knocked out nine hours before I even started college. Yeah. That's nice. For free, government paid for mm-hmm. it. Hell yeah. Technically, still in high school. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't have a good sense of it being worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. I'm fine at school. 
It's fine there. So you're from like OKC. Mm-hmm. OKC proper? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I went I, to I school at Putnam City Original, which I guess is in War Acres. I guess War Acres, technically, which is a city, mm-hmm. right? Smack dab in the middle of Oklahoma City. I don't know OKC that well. I've been a handful of times, but I, I know Tulsa better because I'm from East right. Oklahoma. Closer to Tulsa, yeah. Yeah, hour away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fine little town. It's doing some cool things now. Yeah. Like the Arts District and stuff. A lot of, a lot of young people coming to do what they want to do. Yeah, same for Tulsa. They're starting to get, like, a pulse, the cities. Yeah. Which is cool. It's got, you know, great cost of living. So yeah. Great Dude, employment rates. fuck to live yeah. in Oklahoma. The unemployment rate there right now is, like, 3%. Yeah. It's wow. like, and that's all the people who just don't want a job. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, if you guys wanted one. Like, there's some people we went to college with who are still doing film stuff there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the film scene is still blossoming dead center is becoming a, a like recognized film festival dead center mm-hmm. it's a film festival in okc mm-hmm. the okc film festival oh, wow. um more films coming through i don't know if they're doing anything with like tax initiatives or anything i have no mm-hmm. no idea what they're doing with that but it's cool it's a cool time over there right now Oklahoma. Do you miss it? Oklahoma. I don't because I get back there enough. Because my family's still there and stuff. Mm-hmm. So How often do you go back to visit? Um, Christmases and Thanksgivings, definitely. Mom's birthday, try to get back because mom and dad are... Mom's October 29th and then dad's November 5th, so that's just like right there. So that's always a good trip. Um, You're such a good son. I, try I only so go hard. once a year on Christmas. I don't call enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's never enough. Like my mom was like, "So you coming home for your birthday?" <laughs> I cannot come home. Yeah. <laughs> every weekend, no. <laughs> um, it's a long drive. Yeah, she had the same thought whenever I was in Stillwater. It's like it's only an hour. You should come back. Yeah, I'm paying for a place here, and I have a job and yeah. a bar to go to. I'm good. A bar to go to. <laughs> I'm all the right. Stonewall. The yeah. I miss I miss the times at the Stonewall mm. Tavern. Yep. Stonewall Tavern is oh. a bar in Oklahoma, uh, in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and uh, we had a friend in the theater department who had an apartment right next door to it. There was like an alley that. Uh, you, you walk in through the alley. It has like an alley entrance to the bar. And uh, just right across, like in the alley, right across was uh, Woody. His apartment. And, and then there was so many parties. Remember we would sing like a uh, fucking doo-wop, like acapella doo-wop yeah. shit on the porch. Just, mm-hmm. you know. And then we do it gravity in Gravity bongs deep. <laughs> <laughs> we do it in the atrium. Of uh, Daddios as well, that little oh, vestibule, yeah, dude, the yeah, great acoustics in there. Hell yeah! But yeah, so it was the wall. I Woody's. forgot about Daddios. Oh my god! And then right next to Woody was, uh, I guess you weren't around for that, but Tiffany lived there for a while with Garrett. So oh, we had that whole. <laughs> that must. I think that was right after I left. It must have been. Yeah. So we had the whole thing for a while. That whole just, building? We just took over. like, And it was just... And of course, it's right across from the Serotine. So. Right, right, right. So we just 
just masked in this area all the time. It's like if you're looking for anybody, it's like, we're all right here. Right. And then Daddy-O's was a five-minute walk. It was called the Seratine. Is that what it was called? Seratine. Seratine yeah. Center was the uh, the building where the theater department was based. It was, in, yeah. They got a brand Oakland. new state-of-the-art facility. Whoa, yeah. no shit. The, uh, the theater program is now split. So the, the the band and all the vocal cats got the Seratine back, mm-hmm. and now the theater has like this whole wicked new oh, wow. system. And it was like so close. I heard uh, there was a lot of uh, shakeup in the staff, like at least maybe over the past ten years or so. Yeah, I believe the only person around now from our time is Lloyd Noble. Lloyd's still there. I believe I I actually I know he's still there. What happened to Peter? Did he retire? I don't know. I I never heard a story. Yeah. I know Maria's here. She's Oh, really? Here. Yeah, yeah. She's, I did not know that. Yeah, she's Is she doing here. something with UT or something? Um, no. Um, I'm not entirely sure what she's up to, but we we reach out to each other every now and then on mm. on the Facebooks. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, she'll send me a message mm-hmm. yeah that's rad i haven't met up with her i'd like to meet up and have some coffee with her or something she'd be good for an old chat i'm sure yeah 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 sweet lady oh yeah and then obviously like tom lonovich and don childs uh rest their souls yeah, definitely yeah dude that when uh matt tom lonovich used to be a professor at uh, Oklahoma State University. He was a theater professor, and mm-hmm. he lived. He, I think he was ad, was he adjunct or was he associate? Because he, I'll never remember. He lived <laughs> in he lived in Dallas, and he would drive up. So he, mm-hmm. yeah, he'd drive back and forth between Dallas and Stillwater, which is that's his a whole, fucking long drive. His whole family being in Dallas, yeah, it's right. Six six hours. Yeah, I think that trip is maybe five five and a half. Um. Yeah, he he died from uh, MRSA. He contracted MRSA because he was, I think he got like pneumonia or something and went to the hospital and contracted MRSA. Yeah. And it got in his old. spine and killed him. Or something, something, yeah. Yeah, I think there were some other complications on top of that, but that was the... Yeah. He, uh, I regarded him as my mentor because he was the first, he was the first professor that I met there other than like, I guess I met Peter before because I auditioned. I auditioned for Peter and for, uh, um, Donald, was that his name? He was in the grad program as well. He's like, Donald, yeah. Yeah, Donald. That did the third story. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I auditioned... Full circle to episode two, folks. Go back. Yeah. <laughs> I auditioned for both of those guys, and I did a piece from Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that that was Peter's favorite play. Whoops. I know. <laughs> and, and, and I so just... So it'll never be good enough. <laughs> and I, I just happened to fucking kill it in that audition. I did really fucking good. I think that was like the best audition I had done to that, to date, mm-hmm. in that time. Um and so I was, yeah, I got in with that, luckily. Um, and then I moved to town. I got my apartment out on the edge of town. Uh, and then I went to Stonewall. Um, I, I didn't know that it was the hub for the theater people because it's right next to where the theater department was located. And, mm-hmm. it's, and it's just a f- fucking great The bar. guy who lived where Woody lived was in theater before Woody really? went too. From what I understand, yeah, like. 
He got it handed in. It was just by the theater department, basically. There was just so much partying. Oh my god! And it was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, great times. Yeah, I miss it. I remember I before I turned twenty one, it would be the young people over at Woody's, and then everybody right. over twenty one would be at the at the wall, right? And then right. everybody would cycle through. And we're like, yeah, we're still here going. Oh yeah, constantly. <laughs> Um, we'll be here at two when you guys get done. <laughs> well, before um, my first semester in the master's program there, I went to Stonewall by myself and I was standing it in line and it was the screwdriver special night. Uh-huh. Stonewall, I don't know if they're still doing it, but at the time it's, you get $3 specials like every day of the week. Oh, $2. $2 specials, mostly liquor. Mm-hmm. It's mostly liquor with a splash of mix. And they were doing them right. They're doing them fucking right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you could smoke inside. Oh, yeah. Which was great. Just like, it just walked in and it's like, I've had six cigarettes. It's a, <laughs> that's a real bar. $2 highly Plus, alcoholic special. I mean, that's a lot of... And smoking inside. Yeah. Pool. Great pool tables. Well, I... Great jukebox. I, I, I didn't know anybody and I was just there by myself standing in line. And... Um, there was a, a, a older gentleman standing behind me. The coolest looking dude. In the coolest room. looking dude. He was just like so comfortable in his own skin, totally present. And um, I don't know how, but I like kind of turned to him and started talking. And um, and he was like, uh, "You are you going to school here?" And I was like, "I'm actually about to start uh, the grad program here." He's like, "Really? What are you studying?" And I was like, "Theater." And he said. That's interesting you say that because um, I'm a theater teacher. I'm Matt. We're going nice to work together. Yeah. yeah. Let me buy you a drink. Um, that's and, Matt. Uh, yeah. That's Matt. That's Matt. Was Matt. He, he quit drinking before he died. Absolutely. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's what a fucking, like, you know, that's, that happens. You I, know, I didn't people, mean the drinking part. I meant pe- buying you a drink. Buy, so yeah, him. buying you a drink. It was so him. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody and everybody who'd be willing to have a good chat, he'd be. Oh yeah. He'd be there for it. Oh dude, he was he was good at chatting. <sighs> yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this is it. I think it's been an hour. Okay. Thanks for coming. Hey man, thanks for having me. It's good to see you. You too, man. Um, let's do some plugs uh, at yes. the very end here. Okay, okay. so uh, plug your shit, bro. Right. Yeah, go to Bennett Cravens, B-E-N-N-E-T-T-C-R-A-V-E-N-S.com. Uh, it's going to be linked up to everything I'll have. So anything you need from me will be there. And if it's not, just get the album because that's what you came for, I hope. Uh, and it's Name Your Price. Download it for free or if you're feeling big time, you know. Throw out a few shekels. Everything that goes into it, or that I make from it, is going to go into the next album or next piece of music work. So every little bit helps. And uh, yeah, that's going to be where I upload everything from now on, here on out. So if you're looking for me, that's where I'll be. I'll be sure to put links to your stuff in the description. I appreciate it. For sure. I appreciate you coming hey, to man. be my guest again. Anytime, man. If this you need is, a guest, just hit me up. <laughs> this one is like, uh, this is so different because uh, the last one we did, it was so silly. Yeah. And this one felt like <laughs> at least the first 30 I mean, minutes was so mature. We started with the work I was been, I'd been doing. It's just like, <laughs> it's been huge on my mind is like yeah getting people out of poverty that's a huge thing and like actually seeing and hearing stories of people who got out of poverty were like yeah i have 
eight kids and we were taking like 20 grand in just food stamps and now i pay for my own groceries in cash every week it's like okay so no matter what side of the debate you're on if you want your tax dollars to not be going to other people like which is what everybody complains about right Mm -hmm. is like you're a fan of this program if you want to be out of poverty and not be on these anymore, this is your program. There's no way not to like what this program's doing. So, right on. Yeah, as long as they can do it. And like as as I was saying, it's like what got us on <laughs> the serious note. We start out with like, yeah, people in poverty. Oh, joke, joke, joke. <laughs> yeah, tons of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's to I me. Mean, you know, it's a laugh a minute kind of stuff when you're out there. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Subject nonetheless, though. Absolutely, yeah. And, like, really eye-opening and game-changing to hear these people's stories and stuff, so. Nice. Well, all right, that's it. See you next week. Bye. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.